and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. I've got something on my heart tonight before I get into the Word. If you're under the age of 30, why don't you stand up? Come on, under 30 year olds, come on. If you're borderline, I'm okay, you can stand up. They're on the side of under 30. That is, yeah, come on, Maddie. Okay, 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 all right. If you are 30 or under, look at me, look at me, look at me. I can't even do it right, guys. Listen to me. You guys are rowdy. Settle down. Settle down. You are ruckus. Come on. I'm going to do this. Put your hands on your head. Put your hands on your shoulders now. Everyone fold your hands. You've got it. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm telling you now, I've got something on my heart for people who are 30 and under. If you can get a revelation, if God can get a hold of your resource. Now, God, God doesn't need your money, right? God can get a golden goose to lay a golden egg on the doorstep if He wants. That is not the point here. The point is God knows that if you will surrender your whole life, which includes your substance, He can flow miracle power through your life for a generation that needs it like no other generation. He knows that if He's got your heart, if He's got your surrender, if He's got your time. So if God has your diary, your wallet, your attitude, your thought life, your relational life, He has got you and there is no end to what He will do through your life. I promise it. Revivalists came from people just like you. People that turned the nations upside down, that revolutionised industries, that came up with inventions like the cochlear implant. That's another story. Came from people just like you, ordinary people that surrendered. So why don't you lift your hands? I wanna pray, especially over you, over to everyone. You can receive it too, right? God, I thank You that there is a special anointing in this room for 30 and under, God, to get a fresh revelation, God. To, for the first time, I see first-time givers. There's someone here and you're like, God, could You even use me in this area? I'm a baby in Jesus. And I'm saying, you know what? He will use whomever will say yes, right? He will use whomever will say yes. And so I thank You for an anointing to hear from You, Holy Spirit. Not an arm twist, not somebody else's pressure, not any of that, God. I just pray we'd make time and room for You this week to hear Your voice. We would hear and perceive, see and obey. And Lord, we would get into the slipstream of what You are doing in the world right now, God, because, not because we're amazing and we are, but because we are surrendered. Why don't You say to God, I am surrendered. Take control. God, take control. Use my life. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Grab a seat. Love you guys. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. <laughs> Alex is eternally youthful, okay? She is never gonna age. We're all gonna see her in her 60s and go, she's got eternal youth. All right, stop being ruckus. You will distract me, I'm highly distractible, but I'm focused, because I've got a word. Um, now, I love watching reruns of, and you may not know it, you're gonna laugh at me, Fixer Upper. Yeah, come on, I'm cool. Talia watches it automatically, that's, I'm good, I'm good. I love Fixer Upper. It's like a Texan version of The Block. And they don't run the episodes much anymore. I just watch the reruns if I can't sleep. And, uh, and I've, I've prayed, if I've tested. Holy Spirit, have you woken me up? 
and I watch Fixer Upper. I like them, I find them interesting, but they scare me. Fixer Uppers scare me. Uh, In fact, when Andrew and I bought our house, I prayed that scripture from Proverbs that says, the blessing of the Lord enriches your life and there's no labour attached. I'm like, God, I don't want labour in this house, no renovation, no nothing. I'm just not up for it. We've got two little kids and we're working, we're not doing it. It scares me. But I had my first foray into a fixer-upper um, and it was a Kmart cubby house hack. Um, it's Look, it's a fixer-upper, guys. I bought paint, right? And uh, so I assembled this thing for my kids and I've got two little boys and I asked them, what do you want as a cubby house? And they wanted a fire station, right? So I got the Pinterest board happening and this is going to be the best dang fire station that's ever been and I'm going to do my Kmart hack and Bunnings Day came. And so I go up to Bunnings and, um, and I stand at the paint chips ready to do the colours of the firehouse. And I am, instead of purchasing the red, the red was not popping for me, guys, um, I... <laughs> I became bewitched by the Hamptons white and grey. So I succumbed to the Hamptons white and grey. I bought the bell in aisle 14 and I made my sons the most gorgeous Hamptons cubby house, hoping they would forget that they really wanted a firehouse fixer-upper. Sure enough, um, my friend comes over and she goes, this looks like the cubby house for the little girl you never had. And, And... and then Nick and Amy Ziardi from St Andrews come over for brunch one time and he goes, he's, he's a draftsman, he's like an architect sort of guy, and he goes, is this the house you want next time, is it? Um, my kids use it as a jail for little girls that come over, so watch out if you... <laughs> they don't even use it. I'm, yeah, look, we're training their characters, guys. I'll get them there. Oh, <laughs> I want to read for you from 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. Let's have a look. It's a story, it is the grandest fixer-upper you've ever seen, and it's the kind of fixer-upper that changed a region, all right? So one day, Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman, she was rich, God uses rich and poor, middle class, you know, you name it, right? Because the chapters before was a not wealthy woman, and he uses women and men, uh, who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, because she was the neck that turned the head, right? I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof, put in it a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down and he said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite, So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my people, i.e. I'm being taken care of. I've got extended family. I'm looked after well. What can be done for her? Elijah asked. It's like when you ask a friend, what can I buy for the other friend? What do they secretly want that I don't know about? Um, And Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. This time next year, you're going to hold a miracle in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't 
mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant and the next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son just as Elijah, Elisha rather, had told her. This is a story that did uh, of someone who did a fixer-upper around the presence of God. Okay, now it's Old Testament, but go with the typology. She decided that I have seen with my eyes, I perceive with my heart that God is moving in my region and therefore I must surrender my agenda to the way God is moving in this area because if I can build my house, my life, my agenda, my priorities, if I can give to house a move of God, then not only me and my family, but this region will be affected by an outpouring. She saw and she gave. Because you can imagine there was resources that went into that. She was well to do, but the house needed a renovation. Have you ever felt like maybe the Holy Spirit's pressing on your heart? I need you to renovate something in your life. I need to do a little chiropractic adjustment on your budget. It doesn't reflect my kingdom. I need to do something in your heart in an area to bring a shift so that you're open to my priorities. I don't want something in your heart to be a blockage to the blessing that I wanna pour out on you and the region that you live in. She saw the time she was in because it was no great economic time in that history, by the way, of Shunem. It was actually pretty poxy time in history. War, famine, drought, all sorts of things. Sounds like 21st century world, right? Sounds very similar to what we live in. Also, she observed Elisha's travel plans, that he's travelling up and down, up and down. He's catching the Greyhound bus back to his home. And if I just make a room, if I renovate my house according to the priorities of God in this region, he will stay a little longer and God can move a little freer in this area. She actually saw what God could do. And when she saw how God God was moving, she recognised that God had put seed in her hand. Yes, she was wealthy. Yes, she had a house. And she goes, God, I don't despise the fact that I'm wealthy. Thank, thank You, Lord, that You've given me this, but let me use it for Your Kingdom. Let me use the seed that You've given me to actually renovate my house to house a move of God. It was seed and she built it, she built something around what God was saying. She could have shaped it around what she didn't have. I don't have a son. I'm gonna shape a nursery. She could have shaped what she wanted. I like what I've got, but I want bigger. I wanna go better. I wanna do this first and then we'll talk about what we can do for profits, right? She could have shaped it around a sense of pressure and competition. There is somebody down the road that has something bigger and better. Their car looks bigger. Now, God's got no issue with stuff. What God has a sadness over is when our heart is not building our life around God's priorities. Well, she initiated a generous plan. It's an interesting interaction between the husband and the wife. First, the wife hears God. First, the wife is stirred. It may be different in different families. And can I encourage you that as we go into this vision offering, if you are a married person, can you talk to your spouse? Can you get something in your heart? Can you come together in unity and do something together to sow seed? If you're a single person, go to God. Maybe share with your leader or your life 
life group, process it together in faith. But that's what she did. And sure enough, she built something that housed a move of God. The Holy Spirit is always moving. Chris said the Holy Spirit's always speaking and I 100% agree. It is let he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. He's always speaking. So tonight, real quick before we pray for some people, because I reckon God's gonna do some real beautiful things in hearts tonight. Um, I wanna talk about three ways that you can approach this give. Really three ways that you can build your life right? Three, three really different alternatives. I like options and alternatives. And there really is three ways when it comes to approaching the vision offering that you could. And the first one is you can build your life on facts. You can build your life on facts. Now, facts aren't bad, by the way. God has given you a beautiful, rational mind. Part of the way you bear the image of God is that you're a thinking human being, right? You weigh up the evidence and you consider the evidence and you make good decisions. And as a responsible person and leader, I would counsel you to do that. But can I just say, you are also a spiritual being and you are crafted by God to go beyond the facts to actually hear and perceive what God is doing. See, the woman saw that she is in troubled times. This region is in troubled times, but she perceived that God was moving. She saw that they were in a drought. She saw that there was lack, that there was war, that there was famine, but she perceived in her spirit, in her Noah. Your Noah. Who's got a Noah? All of you have a Noah, right? Your spirit, not Noah the person, right? Everyone inside of you, because you bear the image of God, you have the ability to hear the Spirit of God. Some of you are gonna hear Him for the first time tonight and it's gonna be amazing. He's gonna whisper to you, stir you. That's God speaking. See, there is a difference between seeing and perceiving, right? There's seeing, you can see the facts, right? But perceiving is actually understanding at a spiritual level what God is doing. It says in Mark 4.12, they, they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, that you can actually see with your eyes stuff, but never really perceive the heart and mind of God on a matter, hearing but never understanding. You are called to perceive and understand. You are called to have a sixth sense, if you like. You are called by God not just to see and hear and use your senses, but to actually activate your faith. Who wants to activate their faith tonight? To see and perceive. You know, on every major decision I've had in my life, um, it's been seeing and perceiving. When I left the education system, and this may not be your story, may God may keep you in industry to be the most powerful prophetic voice for Him right there in the marketplace. My particular call was God called me out of education and into local church ministry. I knew God was saying in my last year of teaching, it's time to resign and move into ministry. I'm about to open something up for you. There was nothing to see when I resigned. That came uh, because I perceived that God was moving. I acted in obedience and then I saw on the other end the opportunity that God gave. The purchase of my first property was not a see. I had nothing to see. I was in ministry. I'd saved some. I had no particular way of getting a property, but God had spoken to me. Start dreaming the dream. Start being in it, walking in it and smelling it. And when the opportunity came, He's like, this is the one. Do it. 
when it came to marrying my husband and probably more correctly, who not to marry before it, right? It was a seeing But beyond that, perceiving that God was showing me together we can build something for His Kingdom. There was a perceiving. God always has something to say. Your natural faculties may be working, but I wanna ask you a question tonight. Is your heart alive to what God may be saying to you right now? Is your heart alive to what He may be saying to you about surrendering to Him in the area of giving and generosity? So you can live by facts. It's okay, but it's not the full measure of what the Holy Spirit has for you. Secondly, you can build in fear. I have a friend who um, was, let me get this right, she was the head of philanthropy for successful women, um, In I'll explain that in a minute, for the biggest and most influential not-for-profit um, organisation in Australia, Aid and Development, right? They discovered there is a missing link in the market of highly successful women that want to give, but they don't know how and they don't know how to do it. The secular world, I'm telling you, is cottoning onto biblical principles of tithing, giving, generosity, right? They're looking for ways and we're like, we know how to release faith in this area, right? And she, in, when she began her role to unlock these successful women and really put them on a path of great blessing in this area, she did some research and she discovered a piece of research that said almost, it was 49%, almost 50% of successful corporate women uh, fear losing it all and becoming homeless. And they, so phenomenal was this thing. And so therefore they don't give. They, give, they want to give. They desire to give. They, they want to unlock that generosity and see the world change. But the thing that was holding them back was fear. Fear of the unknown. What if I give and I lose it all and I become a bag lady homeless? Now don't laugh. This piece of research was coined the bag lady syndrome. I reckon a lot of believers have what I would coin bag lady syndrome over a lot of things in the things of God. It's like, it's like I wanna be generous. I have a deep desire to see God unlock resources in my life. I have a deep desire to be used by God, right? But I fear if I surrender to God in this area, maybe I will lose it all. Maybe God can't be trusted. Maybe if I surrender it all, God won't come through for me. You know, fear can cause you to hold back, not just bread, but seed that God has given you to sow for your next season. Fear will cause you as a young professional to say, when I've made my first million, that's when I'll start giving. But the Bible says, actually, if you will not be faithful with little, how can God entrust you with much? If you can't sow a little seed that God puts in your hand now, how will He entrust you with silos of seed for His Kingdom? God wants to deal with the issue of fear. Do you know, when I was praying over this Word, the image that I felt impressed on my spirit is, it's like people's hearts uh, from the last season or childhood or whatever, 
Um, they've been healed, but there's scar tissue. And the scar tissue is fear. It's like there's, there's a healing that's taken place. But often what happens with scar tissue, if someone's a burns victim or whatever, is the scar tissue constricts. It may be healed. The infection may be gone. But the scar tissue holds you at a certain point. There's no mobility in it. There's no elasticity. There's no ability to stretch and be stretched. There's no possibility in it. You are restricted. And some people are like, God, I just, after this last season or this thing happened in my life, this breakup, this thing, this church hurt, whatever it is for you, God, I wanna get back into that flow of Your blessing, of Your freedom. There's hearts here tonight that deeply desire freedom, social anxiety constricting you, a constriction. And this thing shows up in all sorts of things, not just giving. You know, I, I see that God wants to melt scar tissue tonight and stretch out scar tissue to give you new freedom. And you won't just feel it in the freedom that you feel to give and sow your seed in the vision offering. You're gonna feel it in your interaction with people. You're gonna feel it in your freedom to worship God with your hands raised and not worry what the guy on aisle three thinks in church. He gives a rip, who cares? It's between you and God, and God wants new freedom. Do you know, the beautiful thing is, the antidote to fear is not faith, actually. The antidote to fear is love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Isn't it amazing that love is connected with giving? That being bathed in His love would heal your heart from its constrictions and its adhesions and its scarring so that you're free to go, God, use me, send me. Here's my wallet, my diary, my heart, my desires. I surrender them to You because perfect love casts out all fear. Do you know, perfect love um, in it too is a trust. When I know someone loves me perfectly, I trust them. I can trust your decision-making. I can trust you to act in my best interest, God. I can trust that you're not gonna take me for a ride. I, God, I don't need to have bag lady syndrome with you. I know that I'll never end up, God, abandoned, homeless with nothing because you love me, Lord and you will look after me. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. You know, Andrew and I decided early on, we will not make decisions based on fear. It was tested in COVID. Andrew, for no particular reason, just company had gone through a whole list. He became redundant, was made redundant at the end of a list. He was making people redundant, he's in HR. And it was this trust walk of like, God, will we compromise? Will we bow on our conviction to be generous, to tithe an offer, to give special offerings, to hear what the Spirit's doing and actually sow our seed? and trust You, God. You know, we, we won't be driven, we've decided we're not gonna be driven by the fear of what our family thinks about what we give, about what friends think, about what our tax agent comments on, what we could do if we didn't do this. We're not gonna be driven by that kind of fear because it will only constrict. We'll feel it in other areas. We've decided we're not gonna define our lives on the fear of what the Joneses think. 
You know, that friend may have the house of our dreams and if we didn't tithe, maybe. But, but, but I don't wanna live that life bound by fear and competition under that driving spirit. I wanna live a life that is surrendered to God, you know, wholly available to Him. You can build on facts, it's possible. You can build in fear and give in fear. Or you can actually build in faith. You can sow in faith. And just like that woman, as you sow in faith, you will hold miracles in your arms. You know, this woman, she sowed in faith. She built the shape of her house. My divine and imagination goes, you would have looked down the street and gone, what is that bump on her house? What is the look of that new thing she's just renovated? What is going on in that house? All that shiplap being put up, only the fixer-upper people will know what I'm talking about. The white, the grey, the what is going on there? It would have been obvious. There would have been, she was shaped around the purposes of God in that street. It was obviously, obvious and glaring. She sowed in faith. But she, you see, she sowed because she perceived God was moving. But the thing is, she actually began to walk in miracles too because of course she became pregnant with the Son. Some years later, the son became ill and actually died. And who does she call on when the son died? The prophet she built the room for. And the son is resurrected. Sometime after that, because trouble comes to those that are righteous and non-righteous. You you know, in this world, we will have troubles. Your troubles and difficulties and the things you face are not evidence that God is not for you. Her land got taken away. But where does she go or how does it come back to her at the appointed time? Through the prophet. As she sowed seed to see a region impacted by the Spirit of God, she too walked in miracles personally. Do you know God is a wonderful economist? You know, I can honestly say I am sowing for a generation. And I am naming my seed. I don't know about you. I am naming my seed. My seed is called my son's generation. My seed is called Generation Y who have not yet seen a move of God. My seed is called signs and wonders and miracles. My seed is called every continent under the blood of Jesus. My seed is called, those that are called to minister in difficult financial places will own homes, will occupy the land. My seed is called, my house will be blessed. I know I'll be blessed, but I am sowing seed for a region. Can I say to you, if you at 18, 30, 25, 55, 80, will posture your life in surrender to God against the spirit of this age that is consumptive. You eat the bread and the seed and you steal some more of your friends and you eat that too. You go into debt eating seed that isn't even yours to eat. Or you can surrender your life, posture your life in surrender to the God of the universe and allow your obedience and your surrender, allow your house, your life to be built around Him. Watch what He will do. Two years, five years, 
10 years, over a lifetime, you'll find yourself like Enoch, walking with God and seeing the goodness of God through generations. You'll find your grandchildren being bounced on your lap, talking about the goodness of God to them. You'll see the way God uses you in your workplace because you are a freed up vessel, because you're not constricted. You know, I wanna pray for some people tonight in the remaining moments of our long weekend service. And we will get you out of here at seven tonight, I promise. But I really feel in my heart, in fact, why don't you stand to your feet? I feel like there's some people in here that wanna do some business with God around this vision offering. I feel like there is hearts that are soft to the Spirit of God and you're being stirred. You know, I I felt several groups of people on my heart tonight that we wanna pray for and some of our leaders will lay hands on you. But if you wanna position yourself to see and perceive what God is doing afresh. You're like, God, my eyes are open, but my Noah, God, I really need You to move and just help me, God, to see and perceive what You're doing, God. Lord, I'm watching the news and seeing wars and whatnot, but God, I don't wanna just perceive that and see that. I wanna perceive what You are doing, God. Maybe for you, it's over the vision offering. Maybe you're a first time giver and this is a holy moment for you and you wanna mark it tonight. And you actually wanna say, God, I wanna stand on this altar and I wanna actually consider with you. I wanna put my life before you. Altars are about you putting your life before God and going, Holy Spirit, I'm yours. I surrender, I consecrate myself. I consecrate myself to you tonight. Do what you will, God. You know, I've stood on this altar, not in this building, on this site, on this land at 10, 16, 18, 25, 35, this week 45. And I've seen Him move every time as I've consecrated my life and allowed the Spirit of God to move. There's the last group of people and fear has taken root in your heart. And you genuinely, your heart is good. You love the Lord, but there is something like a horsey bridle pulling you back. And it's like scar tissue on your heart. And you're like, God, I need, I need You to heal this. So I have freedom to do that. Wherever you sit, this altar is open for you to do business with God. I believe that God is gonna touch hearts tonight. So if that's you in any part of that, or any other part of that, you just need a touch from God tonight. Why don't you come down the front as we worship together? Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.